0: Hi, folks. Welcome to my podcast, Aliens for Beginners. My name is Patrick, and I will be your host and guide as we discuss all things alien. Full disclosure: this is not a conspiracy podcast. It does not have an agenda or political leaning. Neither does it purport the existence of a blood-sucking, multi-tentacled demiurge. We just like to talk about aliens. So, whether you're new to this topic, have a peripheral interest, or you've been neck deep for years, I believe that you will find this podcast a value-add. So without further ado, let's get started. Question... What is your understanding about why there is such a strict policy of denial about an extraterrestrial presence on this planet? Answer. I could never figure that out myself. It's a cover-up that started and just can't stop. That kind of thing. I think it all goes back to the 1930s when the Nazis got the saucer craft out of Germany and worked on the V-1s and V-2s, then it was the end of the war followed by the crash crashes in Roswell, then in 1947, they had the battle with the flying saucers and what they termed the Nazis in Antarctica. Wait, what? Okay, that might be what you're thinking at this moment if you were a true beginner. But believe it or not, Antarctica has been at the forefront of the mainstream of ufology for quite some time. The question and answer I just read are a verbatim quote from the 2015 book entitled Anonymous, CIA agent reveals the truth about UFOs. The book is essentially comprised of transcripts from interviews well-known researcher and journalist Linda Moulton Howe conducted with the subject known as Anonymous in the 1990s. These interviews were subsequently compiled with other information into a book in 2015 by journalist and researcher C. Ronald Gardner. The interview itself was essentially a deathbed confession, and the book was released with the family's permission after Anonymous' passing. The actual identity of Anonymous is allegedly no longer a secret and was revealed with the release of the book. So what the hell is this guy talking about? So apparently the Nazis, for whatever reason, had been interested in Antarctica as early as the 1930s and sent at least one, if not several, expedition to this region. If you recall the statement, the answer that I just read, Anonymous claims that the Nazis moved their saucer craft out of Germany in the 1930s and moved them to Antarctica. In 1938, the Nazis allegedly established a, quote, impregnable fortress for the Fuhrer in Antarctica. This quote-unquote fortress, called NeuSchwabenland has also been described as a colony. Allegedly, in 1946, England sent an expeditionary force to Antarctica, which was driven back and decimated by the saucer craft and whoever was piloting them that Hitler stashed in Antarctica in the 1930s. So Anonymous confirmed the alleged suppression of information that the U.S. Navy met with hostile forces in Operation High Jump in 1947. Yes, in 1947, a 13-vessel expeditionary force led by Admiral Richard E. Byrd was dispatched to Antarctica and was supposedly the largest expeditionary force ever dispatched to that region okay so there are some interesting tidbits surrounding uh this operation high jump this expedition uh consisted of 13 ships 23 planes so there must have been an aircraft carrier involved in there somewhere somewhere between four thousand and five thousand combat troops so this uh, has been explained away or attempted to have been explained away as a scientific expedition but but then why you know why all the ships the planes and the troops this expedition was ordered by secretary of the navy james Forrestal. okay so those of you who are familiar with that name Also know that James Forrestal allegedly committed suicide by jumping from a window of Bethesda Naval Hospital in Bethesda, Maryland. Incidentally, Forrestal has also been identified by Anonymous as being a member of Majestic 12, a group originally organized by Harry Truman to oversee the control of information regarding the alien presence on planet Earth. This was supposed to have been a six to eight month operation. Operation High Jump, that is. But just like the British expedition before it, Admiral Byrd's fleet returned decimated after only two months. Supposedly, on his way back, he stopped in South America and gave an interview with a, I believe it was a Chilean newspaper, where he made some statements about extraordinary craft that could fly from pole to pole in in an extraordinary short period of time. So... Upon his return, Admiral Byrd was secreted away to, guess where? Bethesda. To the Navy Hospital, where his boss before him met his demise. Admiral Byrd was held for five days incommunicado at this same facility. Oh, Okay, let's get to the crux of it. We might as well just spit it out. So supposedly the Germans were assisted by alien beings in building some advanced craft in the 1930s. The Germans apparently did not utilize these advanced craft in World War II for various reasons. But rather, secreted them away in Antarctica. Post World War II, the Allies got wind of it, and they went down there. They tried to, 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 to you know, to root them out, and they failed. So that leaves us with some questions. Number one: Why did the Nazis not use the advanced craft to win World War II, if they indeed had them? Number two, how did the Nazis receive the information from the aliens and why? And, as a follow-up, what was the aliens' interest in the deal? Number three, why were the Nazis interested in Antarctica and why did they choose that to build a base, if indeed that is what happened? So, let's explore these questions one by one. So, first question. Why didn't Germany use the advanced craft, if they indeed had them, to win World War II? So, this is not as, as puzzling a question as it may seem. The first thing that comes to mind is uh, a limited supply, if they only had a handful Maybe they had enough to win a battle, but not a war. Um, and obviously the incident in Antarctica, if it did happen, was, was more of a, a battle. Also, uh, there may have been a shortage of pilots. You know, who in the world is going to be trained to fly these things effectively? So, you know, let alone in a combat scenario you could have the most advanced technology in the world, but if you don't, if, you know, if you have it in limited supply and you ha- and you don't have enough people to operate it, uh, you know, then you're gonna be fairly limited in, in how to use it effectively. So I think that's the most plausible explanation uh, as to why, if that technology was available, it was, you know, secreted away You know, rather than used on a uh, a wide scale. Anonymous, in the book, when asked that same question as to why the ETs didn't just assist Germany in taking over the world with their technology, he said that the Marshall Plan, which was the agreement uh, that the United States would help rebuild uh, Europe, was something akin to a peace treaty uh, with the ETs. He never, uh, you know, he never really uh, in the book uh, anonymous never really provides an answer as to why they they didn't just take over. Other than that, so I don't I don't know that I would tend to go along with that explanation, assuming that they had access to the technology is a big assumption, it would most likely have been limited and only useful in a battle type scenario, uh, as was described in the Antarctica incident, rather than a, you know, global or, you know, uh, theater-wide uh, warfare. All right, so we'll move on to uh, question number two. How did the Nazis receive this information from the aliens if indeed they did? So uh, you know right off the bat, we know that uh, Hitler was an, was an occultist, allegedly an occultist. so that we you know maybe we could assume that this communication occurred through or involved some sort of ritual or meditation some sort of summoning or conjuring. Uh, in the interviews, Anonymous says he was told Hitler was an occultist, therefore his motives may be a mystery. Um, in, in, there's a documentary called uh, Aliens Among Us. It's split up into parts. One of the hosts, uh, and I forget, I forget the guy's name, but he made a statement that uh, German scientist Hermann Oberth Made this statement, quote unquote, we were helped. Presumably by extraterrestrials. Uh, this is another example of a quote with you know without context. Um, to be fair, it is similar to many such quotes, and we could even lump uh, Admiral Byrd's. Famous uh, quote about the, the the extraordinary craft that could fly from pole to pole. Uh, such statements are they're they're frequently quoted without context. the The, the claim is that Oberth said they were helped. Uh, however, it, there's really no solid evidence that he made this statement. Uh, there, there, it was quoted. Uh, there was a, one particular book that. Uh, he's quoted as saying this, and an all subsequent quotes, cite this book. Um, in subsequent interviews with the, uh, the German uh, Operation Paperclip scientists indicate that he did indeed believe in uh, extraterrestrial life, and he did also believe that we should attempt to contact them, and he even claimed that they could solve Uh, mysteries for us that would lead us to believe that he was uh, maybe not aware of any any previous contact Um, of course it's a widely held belief that the Nazis were assisted by Nordics Uh, these are the tall blonde-haired blue-eyed ETs uh, who most closely resemble humans and uh with the the blue the blonde haired, blue eyed aliens that could they could blend in with humanity, hence the, the Nazi obsession with the Aryan race. The History Channel's show Ancient Aliens, uh season eleven, episode one, touches on this issue as well. The claim is that Hitler was constantly searching for relics that hold power and there was a fascination with with ancient civilizations in technologies and that hitler uh, devoted considerable resources to seek these technologies out the claim is that uh hitler used mystics and channelers to make contact with beings who claim to belong to these civilizations possibly dwelling inside the earth as well. So through these mystics and channelers, these beings passed information along, including information of possible structures and technology stored in, in Antarctica. So this jumps us ahead to the third question. Why Antarctica? Why were the why were the Nazis interested in Antarctica in particular? Why did they choose that spot to allegedly build a base? If indeed that is what happening? Possibly that base was already there. So the if the if you think about it, the Nazis could they have constructed a quote-unquote impregnable fortress? Uh, it seems logistically impossible. I mean, imagine the amount of materials, tools, and equipment, not to mention manpower, that you would you would have to move to that area, remote, desolate area, and and then to. Uh, being in this construction of these, uh, you know, these, these uh, structures, it does not seem uh, very plausible. However, if these structures were, in fact, already there, and may have been there for millennia, so then, in theory, these beings, these uh, extraterrestrials from... Uh, these uh, advanced civilizations, possibly ancient civilizations, if they were communicating with uh, the Nazis through ch- these channelers and mystics, could have clued them in and said, hey, there's uh, this spot in Antarctica. We left this structure here, or we built this these structures here. It's full of this technology. Um, this, is, this is where it's at. So if the... Um, if the Danes uh, they were in contact with informed them of this location, then that would certainly explain their interest in in this particular location. The uh, we, we talked about the two subsequent expeditions, the uh, English Expedition and then Operation High Jump, which were presumably based upon uh, some knowledge that the, that the uh, Nazis had discovered something or, or built something in Antarctica. So the, so the Nazis are the ones that they led everybody there. Um, then the question of why, it, why Antarctica could theoretically be answered by the fact that these beings had basically told them Okay, so I'm going to wrap this episode up uh, with a description of structures found uh, in and below the ice in Antarctica as described in uh, Linda Moulton Howe's 2019 documentary Antarctica Alien Secrets Beneath the Ice. So in in this documentary, uh, Linda Moulton interviews uh, two individuals who claim to have direct knowledge and to have been at these locations in Antarctica. Uh, number one, uh, she calls uh, the, the first guy Spartan One, Uh, a former Navy SEAL, and then the other guy, Spartan Two, who was a a Marine. So these guys were assigned, uh, they were given assignments that involved going to this location, this particular location in Antarctica. And so uh, they they talked about a lot of stuff in the interviews, uh, but I'm going to focus on their descriptions of the of the structures, the one structure in particular, as described by Spartan one and Spartan two, it stuck up roughly twenty feet uh, above the ice, and went down uh, below the ice considerable uh, distance. More than that, it was octagon in shape. Uh, there were glyphs, uh, on the walls and doors of this structure that were similar to glyphs claimed to have been found, uh, on the, on the backside of the moon and on Mars, and are similar to Egyptian and Mayan glyphs, but, uh, not the same. The, uh... Large structures were, were they're fairly, fairly elaborate. They are made of black basalt. As I said, they're eight-sided, they're octagons. The walls apparently were lit with a lime green colored light, but no source of the, of the light could be found. So the, in other words, the walls would glow uh, themselves. Uh, there were apparently, you know, more than one of these structures. The one uh, described by Spartan 1 and Spartan 2 was allegedly 60, 62 acres, most of it being underneath the ice. There were doors which were approximately 23 feet tall. These doors had glyphs on them. The doors were... uh 18 feet thick. There were symbols carved uh, on the top right corners of the doors. These doors uh, opened on a pivot, and despite their their immense size and presumably uh, extreme weight, they would open uh, with with simp- with a simple touch. The walls of the structure were approximately 30 feet thick. Spartan 2 was quoted as saying in the email that he sent to Linda Moulton Howe in uh, March of 2017 and these interviews were conducted somewhere in the 2017 to 2019 uh, time frame that uh, Antarctica contains, uh, wonders beyond what most can comprehend. And this includes these incredible structures, uh, and technology as well. So that, um, that particular documentary is currently, as of this recording, available on Prime. Um... And, uh, also on, uh, you know, Linda Moulton has a, her Earth Files YouTube channel where she goes. So, i uh, some similar interviews in there. But, for the purpose of this episode, um, we have a description of a structure which was in no wave shape or form constructed by humans. Uh, certainly not, um. You know, red tag, uh, exp- exploratory group of Nazis, go, uh, you know, looking for relics. Um, you're talking about 62 acres, black basalt, octagon in shape, most of it beneath the ice. Uh, the two, uh, uh Spartan 1 and Spartan 2 also describe elaborate tunnels beneath the ice, submarine access, uh, two miles beneath the ice. So I mean, it's a what is described if it exists is an extremely elaborate, advanced um, structure, if not a city. There, in theory, if the uh, the Nazis became interested in Antarctica, presumably because they somehow made contact with this um, uh, this ET race. Who informed them of this this spot in Antarctica? So it was already. It, it, it appears that if this if this is the case, then it would have already been there waiting for them. So then the question is: Did they actually like bring these advanced craft to Antarctica to put them in there, or were they actually already there? Um, then the other question is: uh, Were were the ETs there? Did they meet the ETs there? Or are they still there? Uh, if they, if there wasn't indeed a battle involving these flying saucers against uh, the two expeditionary forces from England and, and the United States, uh, who was piloting them? Was it ETs? Was it was it German pilots? So there's a lot of there's a lot of questions around that. Now, then of course, are they still there? Were they still there at the time of these interviews uh, in two, between 2017-2019? It's not clear. Um, both both of these guys, ne- neither one of them, uh, apparently saw any extraterrestrials or communicated with any extraterrestrials. They had, uh, a, you know, like so many times, so many other examples. They had spoken with people who had. Seen or or been in contact with them, or had heard something, so there's a lot of rumor and and there's a lot of uh, you know kind of kind of secondhand stuff surrounding this. But um, these two individuals did claim to have been uh, physically in this structure and walked through it and, and explored it and seen it. So. There you have it. Um, You know, there's there's some takeaways here. There's a lot of, I don't know, more questions than answers. But uh, there you have, in a nutshell, the mystery uh, of Antarctica. Okay, beginners, so that wraps up our episode on Antarctica. But wait. We're not through because there's going to be an Antarctica for Beginners Part 2. So, in Antarctica for Beginners Part 2, we're going to talk about some interesting stuff, including the War of the Worlds, 1938 broadcast. We're going to talk some more about the V1s and the V2s. We're going to talk about... uh, the United States rocket program and some interesting uh, tidbits surrounding that some interesting possibilities and discussion all of that will be in our next episode which will be Antarctica for Beginners Part 2 so thank you so much for joining us This this is my first podcast ever I'm going to strive to learn as I go along and uh, continue to improve, and that's my commitment to you. So if you uh, have some constructive feedback, you want to hit me up, uh, you just want to say hi, you can do so at aliensforbeginnerspod at gmail.com, hit me up. Um, also started an Instagram, uh, aliens for beginners pod. And, uh, so that's something new, something new for me. I'm an old guy. So, I'm, uh, I'm, I, I have some good, I'm getting some good advice though. So, um, appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for giving it a listen. If you like it, tell a friend. If you got someone that's into this stuff, you know, if they're listening to, uh, you know Linda Mulvaney or Richard Dolan or if they're watching if they're they have a subscription to Gaia or they watch Ancient Aliens, you know they might they might dig this podcast. So let them know, tell them about it, appreciate it, and uh, take care.